there. And uh, I'm kind of enjoying trying to redeem the hashtag can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> That's just kind of my sense of humor. Um, you are a spiritual being having a temporary natural experience. Like it or not, believe it or not, whether you are aware of it or not, you are an eternal spiritual being having a temporary natural experience. Of course, God created, He said, let there be light, created the Garden of Eden, created Adam and Eve, set them in there as a place that would be a temporary home. Really, we are the aliens. We are the aliens. Because heaven is our home. Right? So, whatever is going on in your life, remember, I am an eternal spiritual being having a temporary natural experience. When you pray, when you open yourself up to relationship with God, when you speak to God, when you speak with God, when you listen to God, it is like allowing your spirit to breathe. Don't hold your breath too long. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Our text here, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. And I'll have verse 17 on the screen for you. <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. If you don't have a Bible, we've got some at the back of the room. Feel free to wave at somebody. They'll grab one for you. So Paul is writing under the inspiration of God the Holy Spirit, a letter to people just like you and I that have needs. Just like you and I. People just like you and I that sometimes think we got it all figured out. People just like you and I that sometimes realize we don't have it all figured out. And the theme of this letter has been a focus on the fact that Jesus is returning. Do you believe that? I believe it. Jesus is returning. And so this is a joyful letter. This is an exciting letter. And this is a letter to people that have faced challenges, just like you and I have faced challenges. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It's a mouthful. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. God loves you. That was good. I'll say it again. God loves you. God knows you. God sees you. In fact, those are Descriptors of Him, names that were given to Him. Yahweh El Roy, the God who sees. God understands you. He knows what you're going through. Through God the Son, Jesus came and lived this life, tempted in every way that we are. Betrayed, hurt, falsely accused, ostracized. Jesus understands 
Jesus prayed for you when he walked the earth. See John's account, John 17. And Jesus talks to God about you today. Jesus understands prayer because he is now praying. Jesus understands the human experience. And God the Holy Spirit is with us in this earth to help. To help us out. I can't stop. Won't stop. I can't stop. Won't stop. What is this never stop praying? To breathe, to, to never stop praying. It means it's a God conversation. It means throughout your day, every day, it's a God consciousness, a God awareness, a God surrender, a God dependence. It does not mean that you are always talking. It does not mean that you were always on your knees. It does not mean that you don't have a job. You don't have a life. You don't have a wife. It doesn't mean those things. But it does mean that we are called to never stop praying, to come to a determination, a decision that we won't stop. I can tell you one simple thing about the story of my life. And that is, when I have lived some life and came to a place of realizing that for me, if God wasn't real, then life wasn't worth living. From that day... I'm kind of an extremist. I go all out, all or nothing, according to my surgeon. (laughs) And pretty much all of my doctors for my various broken bones and concussions. I don't know how to go halfway. That's why driving at the speed limit takes a tremendous amount of self-control. I realized at that moment in my life, having seen some death having found great dissatisfaction in doing nothing but trying to please myself, that if God wasn't real, then life wasn't worth living. I came to a realization that I was a spiritual being and that I needed to converse with this God, be aware of this God every day, or that day wasn't worth living. Now, we all have a different story. That is my story. Yeah, I was the person that at the end of every semester of college, it was like, okay, God, are we done? That's my story. I'm that person. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? God speaks, and I do that for that amount of time, and then it's okay, God, what's the next thing? I just have come to realize just how alien I am, and so I've started to live my life not based on the expectations or the formulas or the timelines of other people. I don't do stuff for anybody else. I do it for an audience of one. When I'm doing the dishes or feeding the dog or whatever, I'm, this might sound corny, this is just me. Because I can't go halfway. I don't have the ability. I got so burnt out in life that just punt y'all, I will go. You, you hear what I'm saying? I don't have that ability. But when it clicked in me that I could do everything in my life just for him, the one who paid the ultimate price that I could be clean of all my junk, And no longer know that hell was my destination, but that instead heaven was my destination. The gratitude got inside of me and became like a fuel. This is, this is literally how I function. I know it sounds weird. I know. I know it sounds weird. And I'm not saying that everybody should live on the extremes. Some of y'all might just go crazy. But 
at the heart of the matter, there is a living being, a God who has thoughts, who has emotions, who has words, who, ha- who created you with design, who right here, right now is aware of you and what's in your heart, who knows you better than the person on your right or the person on your left. There is a God who is aware of you. And if we will but turn to Him, we can know life and that to the full. We can. We can know a better life. Now, I, I know almost everybody in the room, and I know that for almost everybody in the room, 2015 has been hard. We've seen death, we've seen loss, we've seen limitations, we've seen the limitations of our own human nature. We have discovered that no other human is our provider. So you're talking too real for a Sunday night? We have also seen miracles. This year, about one a month where we have a doctor's note or some form of documentation of miracles. Did you know that? A year ago, we owned less than 5% of any of this sound equipment and music, musical equipment. Now we own it all. This year we've seen people come to faith in Jesus. This year we've seen seven people get water baptized. This year we've seen new small groups. Do you know that our church leads in some way, shape, or form. There's 92 people in small groups, Bible studies that are led by people in this room. We've seen God do good things. We've seen when the construction pushed us out of the theater, we weren't homeless as a church for more than an hour. I think that's good. So we've seen bad and we've seen good. My prayer for you going into this holiday season, in part, is that you learn how to be still and know that He is God. I remember the prenatal appointments with Rebecca before Charlotte was born. Really, we need to learn how to breathe? Okay, the parents in the room are chuckling. For those of you that have not been around for the birth of a child, breathing's important. (laughs) Yes, we need to learn how to breathe. How many of you in this room would be willing to just be honest and say, I could learn, I could get a little help with my God conversation? We all need to learn how to breathe. It's essential to your spiritual survival. If you're dissatisfied, if you're frustrated, if you, if you don't find the Bible and prayer intoxicating, enticing, then your spirit is not healthy. Oops, I said it again. The way your spirit can, spirit can be healthy is through a constant God awareness, God surrender, God dependence, God conversation. You gotta breathe. Can't stop. Won't stop. You're waiting for me to move on, but I can't yet. (laughs) 
I don't know who this is for tonight, but I know this is for somebody who needs it and it's essential to your survival. If you can get this in your spirit and in whatever way that you dialogue with God, it's different for all of us, right? Okay, let me tell a story real quick. So we've been here over five years. It was time for me to go back to Portland this past week, spend a little bit of time with two of the three other elders in this church, as well as get some face-to-face time with my 86-year-old grandfather, since we're not going back for the holidays this year. So I did that, but I actually also planned my trip to be long enough so that I could drive from Portland out to the Pacific Ocean and put my face in the ocean, I mean, in the, in the beach. For You're laughing, I know. <laughs> put my face in the beach for a little while. I grew up in Portland, Oregon within an hour and a half of the Oregon coast. And let me just tell you something. The Chesapeake is not an ocean. (laughs) I love the Pacific Ocean. People don't go to the Oregon coast to go to the beach. They go to watch the storms. It's like you go to sit in a rental house and look through the window and watch the waves. That's because most of the time it's rainy and yucky. But the Pacific coast is amazing. And the power of the waves, it's like watching fireworks. The foam goes that way and that way, and it's crazy. And I have all these childhood memories. Both my parents were teachers, so spring break we would go to the Oregon coast. So I have all these fun childhood memories of the Oregon coast. So I had to go and put my face in the ocean. But the main reason is because the ocean reminds me of how small my problems are. Because if the God who created that, if the God who's in control of that, which we don't even understand, every time scientists go for a deep sea expedition, they discover new species that have never been discovered before. If the God who created that is in control of all this, then He's got this. He's got this. Now, am I always going to understand the circumstances of my life? Oh, heck no. God is in control. Now think about this. See a little baby in our midst, right? None of y'all brought yourself into this world. you are actually not capable of continuing to sustain your human life. Sometimes life ends and doctors can't figure out why. Ask your doctor, he'll tell you. God is in control. I like to put my face in the ocean, out on the beach, to be reminded of how small my problems are and how big God is. Now, when I have those moments, it's like, it's like worth 50 hours of prayer or something for me. I'm telling you the story to explain we all have different things. Right? We all have different things. You've got to have a God conversation. We've got to have moments where we stop and we think about who God is And what is good in our life to be thankful. Okay? A study was done over 10 weeks with hundreds of people. They took hundreds of people and they did a health study. A whole bunch of questions, ran tests, examined their state of health. And then 
they took half of the group and had them live their life like they always did for the rest of the 10 weeks. And the other half of the group, they asked them to do one thing once a week. And the one thing they asked them to do once a week was to write down five things they were thankful for. Just five. I'm thankful I didn't die. I'm thankful for chicken sandwiches. I'm thankful, right? Five things, whatever. Silly, serious, whatever. Five things once a week for 10 weeks. At the end of the 10 weeks, they did the same health survey metrics with the whole group again. The half of the group that was thankful for five things once a week measured as healthier and less stressed in a significant way on all metrics. Gratitude works. So when we are going to can't stop, won't stop, not stop praying, we've got to consider what our fuel is. What's the fuel for prayer? In the Bible, we've got examples of being ticked off as fuel for prayer. That's okay. That's okay. But tonight, this month, what we're talking about is the value of letting thankfulness or gratitude be the fuel in your prayer. In essence, this 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 passage is telling us, pray without ceasing, can't stop praying, don't stop praying. It's saying, let every thought in the day be turned to prayer, and let every prayer be turned to thanksgiving. What's the fuel? So I told you last Sunday that a year ago I started disciplining myself to try to start every prayer that I pray with a thank you, God, for something. I just tried to start that way. When Jesus taught his followers how to pray, he started with Daddy God who is in heaven. Let your name be praised. Try starting your prayer with something that you're thankful for. Let's look at a couple other verses real quick. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I urge you, first of all, that first in this grammar, in this language, is an indicator. It's like typing in all caps. All caps. Pray for all people. Oh, sometimes. Pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray for everyone and give thanks for them. I started to find this amazing connection in Scripture after Scripture about praying, praying thanksgiving, and praying thanksgiving for other people. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. So, how do we do this praying for people? How do we do this praying for people with gratitude? Anyone have, well, we won't want to raise hands. It's holiday season time. It's when a lot of people think of the reason they make the movies about the holidays because we all have some weird relatives. <laughs> Maybe there's somebody in your life, a neighbor, a coworker, friend even, that you're not very thankful for. Let's just take a comical approach and say that they're oddly not the most normal person. 
you know, they have nervous twitches or something, right? How do I thank God for that person? Now, for the sake of our example, I want to put it into context, okay? So let's imagine, if you will, you are you and you have problems. You are you, you have problems, and you have bills to pay and gifts to buy. So before you even think about this other person, before you even sit down at the table with this person, you're not thinking about them, you're thinking about you, right? Because you got problems, your mind on my money and my, or some, you know, something, right? You got problems, you got issues, you got bills to pay, you got gifts to buy. Thinking, praying for somebody else with thanksgiving requires some thought, right? So let's just say if um, my stress level, if this is like I'm uh, comatose with some sleep aid down here, okay? And this is hospitalize me now, okay? Let's just say that my stress level is about here, okay? Now, the Bible is telling me to think about somebody else. Okay? Now, that might cause your stress level to do this. Right? Or depending on the person. <laughs> Hospitalize me now. So, that, it might move the needle. Are you with me? Right? Just thinking about the other person. But if I put into practice what I'm being instructed to do, there might be a different effect, right? So what we have on the screen is an example of what I might say to God about this person. Thank you, God. Thank you for putting this person in my life. God, please help this person with fill in the blank not have the nervous tick or whatever, right? God, please help this person be nicer to me. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be real. You might want to start there, right? God, I'm, some of you all got neighbors. I've heard some stories, right? God, please help this person with X, right? Break their addiction, get a job, whatever, right? God, please help this person with this. Please help me see what I should do. Okay? Now, am I stressing you out? Some of you look like I'm moving your needle. Okay. If I am truly praying and I'm speaking to God as though He has some answers, and in my heart I believe that He has some answers for me, my bills, and the gifts I have to buy... Well, what? Can we get real, right? If I believe that God has got me taken care of, and if I believe that God is alive, aware, and able to do something to help this other person, then when I stop, and that means that, I mean, ladies, maybe you can do this, but I can't do this. I can't like multitask really, if I'm honest. Like, if I'm going to pray about this other person, I can't be thinking about my stuff, my bills, the gifts I have to buy at the same time. So I'm focused on this other person, right? Thank you, God, for Theodore. That was the name of one of Rebecca's first fish when we got married. Thank you, God, for Theodore. He was cute. 
And he lived like supernaturally long. Thank you for putting Theodore in my life. God, please help Theodore live longer. Live long and prosper. Please help me see what I should do for Theodore. To feed him every day. Are you tracking with me? Now, what should happen to my stress level, remember this, is that it should go like this. For two reasons. One, when you think about somebody else, you should get a little bit of distance between you and your problem. Are you with me? I mean, do you believe that God created you by design and it's for your benefit? The things that he leads you in are for your benefit? God can meet the person's need all by himself. But getting you involved in the process actually benefits you too. This is making sense, right? So when I focus on this other person and I actually stop and I'm compassionate, empathetic, I'm going to focus on their issue, their challenge, whatever's going on. I'm stepping away. I'm I'm a little bit less focused on my problem. Mm Right? Right? And now I might be thankful that I don't have their problem. Last month I had, I had a lunch with three friends, one from New York City, one from Mexico, and one from Virginia. And at the end of the conversation, I was really glad I wasn't any of them. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a true story. It's like they had some challenges and some stuff they were dealing with that I don't even know what I would do. Get a shotgun or something. I don't know. something. Right? Sometimes thinking about somebody else and what they're going through can get you a little bit further from your problem. Yeah. Right? And if I'm praying this way, if I'm doing what was suggested to me by the one who designed me, who's got the owner's manual, if I'm doing that, then I'm focusing on something to be thankful for. And what does medical research show about gratitude? It helps me feel healthier and less stressed. That sounds like a good idea. Does that sound like a good idea? Yes. Now, can you handle one more idea tonight? Okay. Let me give you one. one I want to just interject one more thought. And then I want to lead us in just a, a little bit of prayer tonight. Because I think we've got almost enough information. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish. You understand that? A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the fundamentals of the gospel, the way that God set everything up. Adam and Eve in the garden. God gives us a choice. We choose sin, right? Sin separates us from a loving God. Do you realize that hell was not created for you? It was created for Satan and the demons. Do you think that God wants to send one human to hell? No. But millions will go of their own accord. Right? God is not willing. In other words, God doesn't want anyone to choose hell over Him. He doesn't want it. But the fact of the matter is is that God has put people in all of our lives, people that are around you all the time, that will go to hell, if not for Jesus Christ. Jesus said... Over and over, everywhere he went, Jesus said over and over and over, repent or you will perish. Repent, the kingdom of God is here. God is not willing that any should perish. 
Now, while I can pray that they will be, that person will be nicer to me, while I can pray that they get a promotion, while I can pray that they will be a better person, while I can pray that their addiction will be broken, what I should be praying is that they would turn to the Savior and avoid hell. Here's something that I do every so often. I stop myself because I forget to do this. Y'all know I'm not perfect, right? I went to my hometown. Everybody back there knows I'm not perfect. They know I married a perfect lady, but they know that I'm not perfect, right? I literally had people, my parents are wonderful. My sister is wonderful. She said because she saw me make all the mistakes, so she was one. So I literally had people come up to me. I don't get it. Your dad's perfect. Your mom's perfect. Your sister's perfect. What's wrong with you? I know that I'm not perfect, right? What was the point of that? Where was I going? <laughs> I have to stop and ask myself because I'm not perfect every so often. If God answered every one of my prayers this week, who would have gotten saved? Who would have come to faith? Who would now be avoiding hell? Rescued, snatched by the Savior. That's what I have to ask myself. If God answered every one of my prayers this week, Who would have come to faith? Who would have come to Jesus? Do you know anybody that needs Jesus? Do you know that you can thank God for the tough experiences in their life? Because tough experiences in a person's life can wake them up to their realization that they need salvation. The Bible says that God draws them to His throne of kindness by His mercy. Can we just pause? Just, just, you can close your eyes if you want to. Just whatever you need to do to just kind of focus for a minute. Who do you know? What family member what neighbor, what coworker? You can type them in your phone if you want. You can write them on the palm of your hand on a scrap of paper. Who do you know that needs Jesus? I just see their faces. Just think about them right now. Who do you know? Who do you know that needs Jesus? Now, I want to lead you in just a couple of really simple prayers, and we'll do this quietly tonight. Sometimes we pray Baptist, sometimes we pray different Pentecostal, Catholic. We'll do this quiet, okay? I just want to make sure you're breathing, all right? Remember, God loves them. God loves them, right? God's got this. Okay, now, first, I want you to quietly Thank God that He put them in your life. Just right now.
Now, I want you to think about their names, see their faces, and I want you to ask God to bring them to salvation right now. Now, I want you to thank God in advance for a miracle of salvation. Now, I want you to ask God to show you what He wants you to do in their life. What does He want you to do in their life? And see, God hears your prayer, silent or loud, long or short, big vocabulary, small vocabulary, full names, nicknames, it doesn't matter. God hears your prayer. You know that because you're human and God is God, there isn't a single person that God's put in your life that you care about more than He does. Do you realize that? There's not a single person in your life that you're able to care about more than God does. And do you realize that there's not a single person in your life that you're able to do more for than God is? There's nothing too hard for our God. God doesn't give up. You know, we always will tend to give up on people before God does. You remember, we're praying, and when we pray for our city, we're praying for murderers, right? Just like God, like Jesus appeared to Saul of Tarsus, right? On the road, a murderer, a murderer of Christians. We're praying for terrorists. We're praying that God would bring them to salvation. We're praying that God will bring them to salvation. Right? It's God. He can do it. It gives all of us a choice. And that's why he wants us to pray along the lines of, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to be involved? Is this making any sense? Now, the more that you pray for another person, the more it's going to change the inside of you. And then the next time you're with that person, you're going to be a different person yourself. Your attitude, your temperament, your, your, your ways of thinking, your ways of talking are going to be, you're going to be more compassionate. You're going to be more hopeful. You're going to be, it's going to be easier to dream and believe that they can really change. 
And so how you interact with them is going to be different, so how they respond to you is going to be different. This works. And it's a good thing. God desires that you would pray for other people. With gratitude. With that thankfulness. Does this seem like a simple example? Does that make sense? Allow me, before we close, to just pray for you. Because I, I know from personal experience how easy it is to give up on people. And I know from personal experience how easy it is to go through a week without praying that someone would come to faith. I, I know. I'm not perfect. It's very, very easy to get kind of self-focused and self-absorbed and think about the temporary instead of the eternal. I know, I get it. And that's why we come together, because we, we all need a reminder that we all are eternal spiritual beings having a temporary natural experience. That the deadline for work, the bills, the Christmas gifts, none of it, none of it is more important than the eternal destination of souls. People, of all things in your life, people are the eternal investment. God can do anything. He can do anything. Let's close in prayer. God, I thank you so very much that just as creating the the ocean was not difficult for you, so leading us to salvation is not difficult for you. I thank you that you see in your wisdom to benefit us, to benefit our lives by drawing us into this process of of prayer, of being aware of you, of speaking with you, of listening to you, of choosing to focus on positive things and to thank you for them, of choosing to be focused on other people and thanking you for them. I thank you that you orchestrate that practice to benefit us, to help reduce our stress level and increase our joy level and our our health. I thank you that that's your plan. Lord, right now I do ask, you would please remind us of those that you've placed in our life, our family members, neighbors, co-workers, and friends that do not know you. That you'd remind us that you're in control, that you're sovereign, that you're not willing that any should perish, that you desire that all would come to salvation. I ask that you would heal our hearts and our ability to dream about a better tomorrow for that person. That you would heal our hearts. Forgive us for where we have given up. Forgive us for where we have not been prayerful people. Lord, and that you would bring healing, refreshing joy and strength as we go through our days aware of your presence. As we go through our days being still and knowing that you are God speaking with you, listening to you. Refresh us and strengthen in us. Inspire us, Lord, to see their faces, to speak their names, to ask that you would draw them to salvation and to real change. God, I pray that you'd give us wisdom and creativity about where you want us to be in their lives and what you'd want us to do or to say. Lord, bring a change on the inside of us, in our hearts, in our spirits, that we might be full again with your joy, that we would go through this holiday season with your joy and endless peace and joy from salvation. 
I thank you for it, God. I thank you that you saw fit that others would pray for us, that others would lead us in faith to you. Thank you for those people. Thank you for those that you used in our own lives to speak words of love and encouragement and of truth. Lord, I thank you for this week, this opportunity that you've given us. Help us. Lord, we're so grateful for who you are, for all that you've done. Bless this week, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for being here tonight. Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday, and I hope it's a great one for you. Grace and peace to you. Enjoy this week. There are refreshments tonight, right outside this door, back around to the right. God bless you. Have a great week.